Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast, episode 16, powered by Counter. I'm your host, Sean DeVries, as always. Fantastic episode coming at you right now. We're talking with two fantastic people from the 100 Burger Group here in Victoria. Now, you may know some of their brands like Mr. Burger, Bell's Hot Chicken, the Prince Alfred Hotel, um, some fantastic venues all along the East Coast. We're talking with Dara Khan, who's who's the founder of Hunderburger Group way back when, and also Jackie Doran. Uh, this is just a fantastic conversation about how the brands actually evolved and grew, how they placed their marketing uh, to actually survive and thrive in this hospitality space that's so competitive, and also how tech is actually helping them connect with their customers even more. So I really hope you enjoyed this show. Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast, episode 16, powered by Counter. Um, great to have um, two aficionados from the 100 Burgers Group today, uh, Dara and Jackie. Um, guys, thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Good to be here. Um, now, Dara, you're the, you're the founder of 100 Burger Group. Um, now, I had a lot of research uh, into this, uh, looking at your website and that kind of stuff. I've, I've known about you guys for a long time, there are people within the business, which is fantastic. Um, why don't you give us a bit of an understanding of actually how you started the business? Started the business, uh, yeah, of course. Um, initially, the, the, the start of the business was uh, Mr. Burger. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, myself and one of the other founders, Miles Munro, uh, we were running a nightclub in Melbourne, which we'd been we'd owned for uh, we owned for ten years, and they closed down last year. So okay. maybe it was, we were maybe five or six years into running that. Yes. And we had a big um, pub upstairs, which never really worked because we didn't have food. We were okay. mainly focused on the nightclub. Yep. And we needed to get some food in there, but we didn't have a long lease on the venue, so we couldn't afford to uh, redo the kitchen. Right. So after a trip to America, uh, we sort of ate at a lot of food trucks, pop-ups um, throughout sort of um, San Fran, uh, New York, Austin, um, Miami, uh, Miles went down to Mexico as well. Yep. So we saw these alternative um, food delivery options with, with food trucks and things like that, and we decided that it was something we'd be interested in doing. We had a chat to Pete, who was our other partner, one of our other founders, who was at the time our accountant, yep. and we just mentioned what we were thinking of doing, and he cool. said, you know, that's something that I've been um, playing around with as well. So we sort of sat down and said, great, let's do a food truck. We started throwing around a few ideas, you know, everything from burgers to laksa to, you know, all the foods of, I guess, my, um, from my family, you know, my dad's um, Malaysian, my mum's Irish, and then Miles, all the sort of ideas that he had. And we ended up going with burgers for a number of reasons. Yep. So So what, what time are we looking? 2012, is that right? Uh, 2012, I think it might yep. have been, or maybe 2011, if we're uh-huh. just thinking about it. Okay, awesome. Um, so, yeah, we started on burgers, and we um, started uh, you know, building the truck and yep. testing burgers, and then we sort of realised that the truck wouldn't fit in the foyer. We were going to park the truck uh, in the foyer of the, of the pub. Okay. Um, but there was a, a big concrete beam in the way, so it, we couldn't actually get the truck in. <laughs> so we, we were kind of like too far down the track, and we said, all right, well, well, we'll find an alternative, and we ended up finding a site just around the corner, okay. um, which is where we did the first um, 
was because it was still a pop up really because we just it was a room with a truck in there. There wasn't right. aside from a bit of furniture, it was really just the truck and the truck used to go in and go out. Yes. So it was this semi permanent sort of um, pop up. So that was the first thing, um, the first place we started. Wow. Um, and then from there we um, uh, opened more trucks. Uh, eventually went on to open Welcome to Thornbury, which uh, we sort of moved everything out there become the base, um, open a couple of stores, and that's basically where Mr. Burger started. Um, from there, as I said, we opened Welcome to Thornbury, did a few other ventures. Uh, we merged with uh, the, another pub group, which was started by Pete, who was the other founder, right. um, which brought in a couple of other venues, and then we also um, bought into a few other businesses, like yep. Bell's Hot Chicken and... Yep. Um, just recently, Mama Cedar. Yep. Um, wow. And that's, I guess, a very short version of what's happened in five years. Yeah. Um, that's where we're at today. When you look back on day one, which I'm sure you can remember yep. pretty vividly, did you think it was going to be anything like this at all? Um, or were you just hoping, hundred? Uh, you just hoping that Mr. Burger would be the linchpin, and you'd do a couple of sites, and you know. <coughs> I think everybody had a little bit of a different opinion. Yeah. Pete. Um, was very bullish. He's like, let's do ten trucks, and I was like, that's insane. Let's do one truck, yeah. and we eventually settled on five trucks. Right. Um, so there were, I guess, um, probably didn't think it would, land, you know, end up where we are today, where we're quite a diverse yeah. business. You know, yeah. we've got different, um, not just food trucks. We've got bars, um, uh, restaurants, rooftop bar. You know, it's, it's across everything. It, um, so probably didn't think it would end up like that. It was right. very much going, if we're going to do burgers, let's, let's do that let's and concentrate on it. Yep. Um, so I think, no, I don't think we knew where we were going at, this, at that early stage. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, Jackie, this is really where, where I want to bring you in as, as the marketing manager for pubs and bars with the Inside 100 Burger Group. Um, now, what do you think the success has been? I went on the website and counted 17 different venues or locations that you guys have, not brands, but actual locations you guys have, from rooftop bars in the Prince Alfred to, you know, you've got two food truck parks, Bell's, Mr. Burger, a number of other bars and um, restaurants as well. How do you, th what has been the success of keeping the whole brand as 100 Burger Group actually a viral brand? Um, I think what we're really good at um, is we've got pubs and venues that appeal to very, very different audiences. Sure. Um, we've got a bar in the Docklands that um, is purely for corporate people that work around the bar. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a food truck park that will bring in um, hipsters and families and sure. the elderly. Um, so we're ap appealing to a huge range of people, but each venue um, is good at identifying what they need to give each audience um, and what will excite that different audience. Yeah. Um, so what's the thing that each of those audiences can kind of brag about to their friends? So, for instance, at Hightail, which is our bar in the Docklands, we use um, an app uh, where people can order drinks and have it delivered to their table. Um, so that audience, which is hugely corporate, thinks that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, you can they don't have to move. They don't have to wait in line. Um, you know, they're all about efficiency. Yeah, right. um, so it really appeals to them. But at Welcome to Thornbury, um, 
it's still about brag factor, but yes. more about um, what they're doing there, which is yeah. why we hold these events that they can check into on Facebook, that they can, um, you know, post about on Instagram and say yes. they went to the Chicken Nugget Festival yeah. or they just had the hottest shot at the Hot Sauce Festival. Yes. So it's always allowing people to kind of brag about where they are yeah. and they're not just at the pub. Yes. Is it, is it hard for you guys to actually dissect what's going to turn different customers on in order to come into the venue? Like, with, with such a broad spectrum of, of people there, is it, is it hard not to... For, across to, all the venues? Across all the venues. Yeah, I think we're, like, we're pretty good at identifying who the target is for each venue. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of... Um, chat about, you know, why, why couldn't we just do the Chicken Nugget Festival at the corporate bar in the Docklands? Yeah. Yeah, um, right. And it's, it's, it's like, well, that could, that could work or it could be fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we try and keep it pretty specific. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're pretty good at that. Like there's uh, maybe some venues where we don't, we're still kind of working out who are the people that are going to come. Yes. But we're getting closer and closer each day. Um, and it's still, we're always just trying to do those little mini events or those activations or those um, deals that will, um, you know, click in someone's brain and make them feel like that's that's where you're kind of bragging about. They'll feel special if they go there and do it. Yeah, I understand. And we, I mean, not everything we do works as well, but we're pretty open to trying things out, like suggesting a chicken nugget festival or um, what was the other ridiculous one we did? Uh, garlic bread. Garlic bread festival. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's <laughs> You sit there and you go, you know, it's just an idea and we're sitting around and go, oh, you know, this would be interesting. And then you go, well, we'll just throw it out there. And some of them are okay. Some yes. of them are massive, like yeah. Garlic Bread Festival and Chicken Nugget. You know, there's like 20,000, 30,000 people attending on Facebook. So yes. some of those things just go wild. And then sometimes you might go, let's do a mac and cheese festival and no one cares. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to do a mac and cheese festival, but Jackie doesn't want I to refuse. do it. I refuse. So, <laughs> well, it's too vanilla now. Yeah, um, I think it's way too vanilla. vanilla. Yeah, right. You see... But, we, you know, it's just about throwing things out there and some of them work, some of yeah. them don't. Yeah. I think we've been pretty lucky in, um, in most cases that they do work. I guess we do, we, in, amongst the team we talk a lot about, you know, what's happening around Something, town. We're all yeah. out a lot, um, which I think helps, you know. Um, we're not just going to our own venues. We're going to yeah. see other venues. We'll catch up on the weekend and check out events and we're always sort of slacking each other, you know, look at what these guys are doing, whether it's good, bad or different or right. what's happening overseas. So I don't think there's a, any concern about doing something that might not work. Yes. Um, we're not sort of going, oh, shit, there's nobody here for this X festival. We're kind of okay with that because we've got yeah. a lot of other things yeah. going on. So I think having that willingness to, to do things and not be too worried about things not going the way, to, you know, the way they should is a bit of a skill of ours or not, maybe not a skill but an advantage. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think... You guys have been in the industry a long time. Do you think the group would be as successful without the use of social media? And this is a probably bigger question for hospitality in general with some smaller venues coming up purely out of, um, you know, excitement off social and stuff. I think at the, I think obviously with Mr Burger, it's not a business that could have happened without social media. At the yeah. start, the only way for us to communicate where we were was through social media. So, yeah. hey, we're going to be at this park... Um, or we're going to be at this event. Yeah. I, th I feel as we've moved on, there's 
too much reliance on social media from a lot of venues. Sure. They're like, oh, we haven't posted in two days. You know, we have to do something where I think there's a lot more important things to be concentrating on that are being missed out. So doing events, engaging with, um, you know, your, your audience, not just on social media, but in person, just sitting down and go, hey, guys, how are you going, rather than just replying to someone that says awesome posts, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So I think um, you can be over-reliant on it. I think... Um, think just doing social media is not enough um, whereas I think feel like in the past when we launched Mr Burger there was essentially all we did we didn't do ads we didn't do other things because it was such a new trend people were really running towards us yes. so it was quite easy to attract them and talk to them uh-huh. whereas now you know if you open a burger bar there's you know how many hundred burger bars in, in Melbourne that have opened in the last um, five years, yes. just putting up a, a good photo of a burger isn't enough. You need to be doing more. So, you know, if you're talking about as a new cust- uh, as a new business owner coming in and doing that, I think they need to be really conscious that it's not just about social media. It's just one element of it. There's so much more that we need to be able to do. Mm. Okay. What do you think, JD? Um, yeah, I would agree. I think there is a lot of um, focus put on social media. Um, but it has to be used in the right way. Um, I think it's a really great way to, um, you know, all of our events wouldn't have been successful without social media because I know people are clicking on it because they want their friends to see they've clicked on it. Yes. Um, Yeah, right. But um, you really need to foster that community um, in person as well and make sure they're having an amazing experience. Um, it's yeah. It's not just a really pretty photo mm-hmm. that might bring bring them in. Yeah. But I think it's the easiest thing for especially venue managers and people in venue to see. Yes. So they go, oh, you know, what's going on in, in marketing this week? They look at their phone. They go, cool, we've got a thousand likes or two thousand people attending. But it's harder for them to see. Oh, well, what about all the businesses that we've contacted and said, you know, come in, let's we'll host you for a dinner or yes. the community community groups that we've talked to or yeah. even things like ads, you know, Facebook ads or Google ads. You know, they don't see the, um, the figures there. So sure. it might pop up every now and then, but they can't see 1,000 likes, 20 shares. Um, it's a bit harder for them to, to see. Yeah. So it's always something that they cling on to. Mm. But I'm not saying that we sh- you know, people shouldn't be doing social media, but it should just be one you know, arrow in the, in the quiver. Yeah, it's got to be, a, it's gotta be a lead into a great experience. Yeah. And if you're not delivering on that great experience consistently, then it's kind of no point. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we touched a bit on, on loyalty there. Like, how do you keep how do you keep and generate customer loyalty with inside an industry which is so has so many players in it over the last ten to fifteen years? If you look at burger space, like it's just it's saturated mm. in Melbourne. Absolutely, it has been for a long time, and, and it seems to continue to be saturated. Um, fried chicken, which you guys playing with with bells. I mean, that has been a category which has really popped up a lot more in the last two to three years. Um, how do you how do you try and keep that brand loyal? Uh, those customers loyal to the brands. Uh, look, at the end of the day, for me, it's about the experience that people have in venue. Um, yeah. You know, we can we can do things like loyalty cards and two for one deals and things like that, but it comes back to uh, the experience of venue. The best pubs or the best bars that I go to, I couldn't tell you what their happy hours are or what yeah. happens if yeah. I. You know, fill you know, sign in on the iPad and add my email address. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you, and that's me 
being someone that's in hospitality who actually does sign up to those things because I want to see what other people are doing. Yes. I just just don't see it that much. So there are people that do um, want that and we do provide that to them. Um, yes. And we're always looking at better ways to do it. Um, you know, we, we're doing a lot of stuff with, with free Wi-Fi at the moment, um, which helps us communicate with the customers and know when customers are coming in. Yes. Um, so we're playing around with that a lot and I think you need to do more sophisticated things like that rather than just a, a coffee card or a, um, you know, email sign-up. Um, if you're not doing things differently, then I feel like you just get lost. Like, yeah. talking about the coffee card, we actually did one at, we do one at Natural History where, um... Buy nine get, coffees. Buy nine coffees, you get a free martini. So we've got, like, <laughs> put it on a <laughs> That's cool. Um, because we've got, the, we've got the cafe and then also yes. the bar... So we're like, what's something different we can do? That, you know, because you pick up a coffee card. Well, not me. I don't drink coffee, but I'm assuming when you pick up a coffee card, <laughs> yes. you kind of go, whatever. Yes. If you see that and you're like, oh, that's actually pretty funny. I drink. You know, and it's, again, it's that brag factor of like, I've just got, a, just got a free, I've got a free martini because I had a couple of coffees. And also that cross promotion as well. Yeah. So moving people around. You know, you're always wanting to move people from Fridays and Saturdays to earlier in the week and from you know non-peak times sorry from peak times into non-peak times so it's playing around with things like that mm. yeah we've tried to kind of flip that on its head a few times we've got another one where it's where it's a, a beer loyalty card like have nine beers and we'll give you another beer for free no way. um or, that, sort of? uh, that is at the prince alfred hotel but yeah like dara said like i always i work with a whole bunch of different venue managers um and i always say hey it's my i'll get the people in there but you've got to bring them back the next time um so that loyalty really does come down to like the service the quality of the food or the drinks um and the atmosphere hmm. how, do you, how do you guys do that obviously you're so good at creating uh, exposure of your parents how do you how do you focus on the people aspect and the customer experience aspect to make sure that's consistent amongst the network is that obviously that would be a challenge for you that's yeah it's obviously always asked, a big challenge but, but how have you found to develop that over the last six or seven years you've had the, you've had the group? I think it's about making sure the staff are on the same page so they understand what we're trying to do uh-huh. and also explaining to them why we're trying to do things. When, when we used to have the club, I used to always tell the staff that they need to face the beer labels out to the front and yes. there's one guy who would just never do it. Right. And he's like, I'm not doing it, you know, it's such a waste of time. And the reason he didn't <laughs> want to do it is because no one had explained to him why we do it, the reason is so you can actually see what beer you're, yes. you're buying. Of course. So we told him, and he's like, oh, cool, well, that makes sense. He did it all the time. Right. But for him, he didn't realise, this is just stupid. It's like, why am I turning these bottles around? It doesn't yeah, make any yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So making sure people know why we're doing it, or you know, why do we reply to reviews? Why do we um, you know, give people um, certain cards when they receive their bills? Um, mm-hmm. Why are the, these posters here you know, in this location, but not in another location? So once they understand it, it's a lot easier for them to get behind it. Yep. I think that's a big problem. If you don't know where you're going and you don't know what the reason behind it is, it's hard to get behind. You just, you're not interested in it. Um, so really about communication, getting on the same page, um, letting people know why we do things because I, I remember I had so many bosses that you just go, I don't know why we're doing this. Yes. So if you had explained it to me, we would have been... Yeah, you know, along down the track, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, for a lot of our pubs and the events that we hold in them, like I try and spend a lot of time in each of the venues um, and just really thinking about what I would expect from any of our events or what I would expect um, 
from the venue. So if we're doing a food festival, how many different stalls do I think should be there for that food festival? Or if it's, um, you know, a, a rosé festival, how many different types of wine can I drink? Um, and the, But even things like, you know, bottomless, there's so many bottomless things happening yeah, right now. It's like, you're really like, well, how many drinks can I have in two hours? <laughs> and that, But that's just what every customer's thinking. So yeah, you've really just got to think about it from, from what they would expect and what they what would give them a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do any cross-pollination between the staff in the venues between the brands? Um, yeah, we have staff that will work across um, other venues, especially in the pubs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you find that's beneficial? Um, well, obviously, if you're doing it. But do you... Uh, look, as a group, it's great because um, we have certain venues that are um, busier during winter and summer where we can move people around. Yeah. Um, so it's... Not only good from us from a staffing point of view, it's also good from a um, if you are a staff member because yes. we can um, give you more hours. Yes. So there's a lot more flexibility. Um, a lot of staff, you know, we've had staff that have been working in burgers and then um, said, oh, I've had enough of burgers. I'm actually going to get another job. And they're like, well, why? What, what, what do you want to do? And they're like, yeah. oh, we want to learn. I want to learn how to make coffee. Like, right. well, we, we have cafes, so yes. let's get you over there. And that's what we've done. So yes. having that opportunity to give... Other uh, staff members, um, you know, new skills that they can learn. It's definitely an advantage. Yeah. Um, it, it helps us retain custom. Uh, sorry, helps us retain staff. Um, gives them opportunities. You know, it's a lot easier for us to retain staff than it is to find new staff. Uh-huh. Um, we, you know, we put out new job roles for um, venues to other people uh, in the organisation. Yep. Um, I guess there's also yeah, the advantage of, you know, if you're a senior staff member going to one of the newer venues, you can say this is how we do it. Um, yes. You know, it, it, here or even going into an older venue, um, you know, having fresh eyes, it's a big thing. We, we walk through our own venues so much. And, uh, you know, you can walk through a venue, you know, every day um, for a year and then someone will come in and go, why is that poster there? And you're like, oh, I just didn't even realise yeah. it's there. You just don't see it anymore. Yeah, so having these, yeah, having these fresh eyes to come in and say, why are you guys doing it like this? Or... You know, we use this service or software or whatever at one of the other venues. So yeah. there's definitely advantages to it. And having that, yeah, cross-pollinating that knowledge across the venues is is really, really handy. Okay. Um, I've, got, I've got two more questions. I know you guys obviously use Counter and, and, and use it really successfully in your venues. Um, so leading into tech, how do you think tech will help you maintain visibility with, with so many different concepts that you actually have from food trucks that you've still got Mr Burger and, and then obviously some of your bricks and mortar venues. How do you how do you how does tech actually help you um, maintain that process? Um, for me, I mean I'm a big tech head, like yep. you know, I read the tech blogs all the time. Yep. Um, uh, it's always been a passion of mine. So um, it, it was there from day one for us. Okay. So you know we um, being a, a mobile business you don't have the option of using some of the sort of current industry um, tools and yeah. um, services. Yeah. So for us, it was always there from day one. So we were using Counter. Mm-hmm. Um, we use Deputy for our um, you know uh, time management and um, logging in. Obviously, um, all our social media is you know a big tech factor. Yeah. Um, so I'm always looking at ways we can use it. I'm always coming to the guys and saying. Let's use this software or that software, and you know sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's you know the solution 
is bigger than the problem itself. Yep. But I am constantly trying to push new um, options onto everybody. So for me, it's it's just a part of what the business is. Um, I think there's a lot of um, older hospitality venues that use, you know, not just point of sales, but any sort of technology. And it's like, yeah, the reason we've used it is because we use it forever. And yeah, I look at these new options. Systems. Yeah, and I look at them and I go, this option is so much better. It's cheaper. It's faster. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, they stack together. The APIs and integrations um, can, you know, combine to a full stack. Yeah, so, you can see so much more. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing that excites me. You know, yeah. I'd love to have all of our systems integrated. Um, you know, everything from music. You know, we use things like QSIC in venue where we can get data on um, spends in venue based on what music's playing. Wow. Um, yes, it's like, it's crazy, wow. crazy <laughs> sort of stuff like that. Like yeah. I said, with the Wi-Fi, we can see when people are coming, so we can tell when you've been in, when the last time you were in, and we can tailor a deal to you and send you out an offer. So you're looking to do push notifications to customers as they walk in? Uh, through email, it is at the moment. Right, through email, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously things like 100 orders, um, you know, all of these things, I'm always keen to push it into any area, um, personally. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just all about data lately, the last <laughs> few months, whatever we can do to, I can, so I can work out exactly who's coming into each venue yeah. um, and the times they're coming in, like how many people are in the venue right now, um, and all those things are going to slowly be pushed in. With That's the tricky bit, getting it together. Getting it all together yeah. is the hard bit. we know all this stuff about our customers, yes. but we have some information in Canada, we have some information from the Wi-Fi system, mm. yep. some from Facebook, some from, it's, yeah. it's, that's the trickiest part it's for us. Like We've got all this stuff together, but we need someone to, to pull it together, which we're working on. You know, each, I feel like every now and then we put a system together and it gets better, and then we've got all these little islands, and we're like, one day... We'll be on one big giant island, and I'll be really happy. And, um, yeah. how, how far do you think it's going to go? Like, do you think, do you like with facial re- uh, facial recognition technology coming in soon, right? Into venues and, and, and the ability to talk to a couple of my mates and say, "Well, look, we can pinpoint someone's face when they walk into a venue and then push an offer on them." Like, do you, do you want it to go that serious? Because it seems like you guys have really. Like you're pushing the boundaries of what most industries are doing right now, but doing it in a really cool way. I'm it's an yeah. System. Personally, I'm very open to it. Like I've got yeah. four Google Homes in my house. <laughs> four. Yeah. So I've got one in the bathroom, one in the kitchen, one in the bedroom. Yeah. Um, one in um, the spare room. Awesome. You know, I've got uh, all my lights are controlled by it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm all for personally giving out all the information. my information because yes. I feel like the benefit that I get back to me is. Is outweighs the privacy. Yeah, yeah, the privacy. And also, I'm like, well, personally, um, I mean, this is looking at it very simply, but I don't care if someone knows when my next meeting is or yeah, if I've turned my lights on or, yeah. you know, what temperature I'm running the air con at. Yes. Not, you know, it's looking at it very simply. So mm-hmm. I sit there and go, I'd love to have that. Um, I'm happy to give away a little bit of my privacy to get that benefit. Sure. When you look at things like facial recognition, um, it's probably a little bit different. You know, do I want people to know that I was, that I was at a bar till six in the morning, yes. you know, every every Saturday, you know? <laughs> it's, then yeah. you look at that stuff and you go, mm, maybe not. And then, yeah. you know, I sit there and go, who who has access to that? And do I, you know, I, you know, I go to some great pubs, but I probably go to some pretty dingy venues as well. And of they're course. like, 
do I want that guy having all this information about me? It's probably a different story. Yeah. So I think there's still ways for us to use um, this technology without it being too individual um, and giving away too much data. Um, but I'm excited to see where it will go, but I'm not sure what everybody else thinks about that. I don't know what your opinion is on it, Jackie. Um, I mean, I'm, I just think as long as it's adding to someone's experience when they're in the venue, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm up for it. Sure. Um, so, like, with 100 orders at Hytale, I think it really does add to someone's experience. Mm. Um, that's I think people, people go out to these venues for, like, a good time and to chat to a bartender and to see other people and yeah. I kind of still want it to be really human, I guess. Yeah, whatever... Yeah, whatever adds to the experience. Yeah. Connection. Yes, yeah. 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 Alright, um, my final question to you is, mm. um, I guess the, the growth of the last two, three years has been pretty exponential with underbed groups. It's been exciting to see. What do, you, what do you see the next sort of 12, 24 months for you guys? Do you ever, obviously have a plan of where you want to go, but do you yeah. know where that's going to lead to? I think the last 12 months was pretty crazy, I think, um, at Hunterburgers and then our my other group, Fancy Hanks group, I think we had seven or eight openings within yeah. the first six months. So that was pretty crazy. And, and to be honest, some of those were meant to open last year. Yes. So what ended up happening is we had three big venues being Natural History, Prince Alfred and Welcome to Thornbury opening within um, two weeks, I think it was. Yeah, wow. I had a few meltdowns. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all did. Yeah, right. um, Like, it was... Everything was a, was a mess. Like, we couldn't even have launch parties because... We couldn't, we didn't have enough, <laughs> couldn't we schedule them in. Oh, right. <laughs> so we were like, like, I remember we flew to Brisbane to open one and then it's come straight back and yeah. it was kind of crazy. So um, in terms of what we do in the f- for the foreseeable future, it's yeah. about getting these venues open and, and um, running smoothly. And I always say it normally takes between 18 to 24 months to get a venue um, operating yeah. smoothly. Um, so I want to make sure that we get those running um, as they should be. Yep. I guess what also happens is there's always opportunities that come up that yep. you're offered that you kind of can't say no to or you want to yep. do because it's a passion project or sure. you know, a developer or something might come to you and say, this is a really good offer. So I'd never say never, but at the moment it's really about getting the venues um, running smoothly. Um, there's a few things that we do have on the cards that we're, we're not talking about at the moment, of course. but um, some expansions of the current... Um, current brands um, but I think right now it's just about getting the the new venues that have just opened really smashing and then next year hopefully maybe mid-year end of the year we'll have a few announcements to make awesome exciting times yeah um, Dara Jackie thank you so much for being on this podcast um, really appreciate it we'll obviously link everything up so everyone can see all the venues you guys are part of and own um, Thanks for today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the Open Pantry podcast powered by Counter. Thanks again to the team at Counter for helping me out on every single episode, basically doing all the hard work so I can ask some hospitality professionals some questions and get their insights. So thanks to Chloe and Will so much. Now, if you want to have a give us some feedback on that episode, then hit us up on Instagram, either at Counter or at Open Pantry Consulting. We would love to hear what you think. And until next time, take care.